Well, welcome, friends, to the second part of this uh, of this segment of On the Rails. We've moved the caboose down the line a ways and uh, stoked up the coal stove again, so we're not quite as chilly as we were. It was chilly here, 17th of November, can be can be chilly. Yep. And um, we're sitting here in the old caboose, uh, up in the engineer's seat up in the front of this train is, as always, Rick White, our engineer, and um, Phil Helfrich. Phil Helfrich is, is our uh, interviewer, interviewee today, and he's an expert in rails to trails. And we've been talking a lot about this notion that we both had of, wouldn't it be a great trail if you could get off I-50 at, uh, or it's not I-50, it's US-50 at uh, the confluence of, of uh, oh, where the, where the creek comes down out of the mountains, I guess is where we'd we'd have to call it, where the famous corkscrew is that the Denver and Rio Grande Railway went around. And wouldn't it be fun if we could start there and walk around the corkscrew and then follow the uh, follow the old rail bed as we walked along or biked along uh, all the way up to Westcliff. And in Westcliff, we could jog, jog over to Rosita. Are we saying it right? Yeah. Rose, yeah. Well, says we are finally saying it right. Over to Rosita, <laughs> and uh, wouldn't that be a wonderful, wonderful kind of a thing to do? And um, but that's led us into all kinds of railroad history and what we'd want to say. And that's interesting. So, Phil, let's get let's get back to you here. And um, now you had just started to talk about the things you'd have to know before you say went to the railroad museum uh, in Westcliff and said, "Hey, Westcliff Railroad Museum." Uh, we want your sponsorship, really, for um, a walking, biking, trailing trail that will go down, down to the corkscrew, all the way down to Texas Creek, and um, because if we went in there to the uh, railroad museum in Westcliff, they'd say, "What? So you and Phil have an idea, huh? You have a radio show, huh? What, <laughs> what would work? What would make make this really work for people?" And um, anyway, what what are you thinking now, Phil? That you've had a minute here to think and punch your bagel or whatever. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's normally about five times as long as I think. I'm I'm good for like four seconds or five seconds. Well, yeah. And I quit thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think a place to start would be I, I don't know who keep, who keeps these maps, but I can remember going through them at one time. They might just be on the county land ownership maps, <clears throat> but to find out where that railroad grade is on, if it's on a county map and see if you can deduct from that, who owns the abandoned grade. Now, I don't know if that's possible or not. You might be able to get, get a hold of uh, Union Pacific. I guess they probably have records and see when the line was abandoned, if they know, who would revert it to, or if maybe the county assessor might know that. What county is that? I forget. Well, let's see. Fremont, Fremont County. Fremont County assessor might have a good map with um, think the grade so. through there and, and find out who actually owns that land. Yeah. That'd be a, yeah, place, that'd be a good place uh, well, to start. Or up to West, Westcliff is Custer County. So that might be fun too to to try to uh, follow back up there. And, uh, but yeah, with fascinating history and 
really would deserve, I would think, uh, something like that walking tour. Not to say anything against the Railroad Museum as it exists today. I mean, I think it's called the Custer County Railroad Museum, and they have uh, some, some nice rolling stock there. Uh, they've got a, a big diorama of the whole Denver and Rio Grande spread of General Palmer's, of his whole, his whole idea, which, of course, going from starting in Colorado Springs and going uh, south down to uh, the Royal Gorge and uh, over the Royal Gorge and or through the Royal Gorge and over Tennessee Pass and, uh, I don't know, making money all the way. With well, you, know, you know, Forrest, the, uh, yeah. um, are you familiar with that trail that they were talking about building uh, the old stage route coming down from um, oh, the Leadville area? Several, several ideas there coming from Leadville. Coming from Delta, Delta, or yeah. not Delta. Um, um, well, coming, the, the little place, yeah, by Leadville. It, Something well, that's called something. Delta, that old yeah. stage trail. Yeah, and they were talking about redoing that and marking that and making that into a walking trail. Maybe something like that could actually hook up to um, the trail that we're talking about, as well as going down Valley towards Canyon City. And wouldn't it be wonderful to get on in Canyon City because of their tourist train, which is yeah. very successful, huh. you know, and which has good food, by the way. We we just uh, uh, Ray Bush of uh, River Rat Ray of the rafting stitching company over here. Why he uh, just led an excursion down there and uh, wow, that's quite an operation. Very interesting one. And but anyway, I cut you off. What what else would you were, were you saying? Well, you know, I was thinking. Um, have you you've been on a galloping goose, right? Mm. Did you tell well, me? only once, only once. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if we could find an old galloping goose or build one and have that run up and down the old, if the you know, if they ever abandoned the line, or just yeah. keep it as a tourist thing that where you could schedule it and run it from Salida down a canyon or just have that old galloping goose out there? That would be just a hoot. Wouldn't it be? Remember, you got to convince the Union Pacific to do that because, as I say, we had a uh, a guest on this show uh, representing the Soloviev, Soloviev family, which of course has a while, a few years back, bought and runs uh, a railroad here in Colorado. And they had really had their eyes on this stretch. And had they gotten it as a lease from the Union Pacific, we, we would have lots of uses. That's that's how they make money. That family. I mean, they they put things on the rails and run things on the rails and charge people to do them, and they make money. But but the Union Pacific desperately, uh, I believe, looked around to find some way not to do that because the last thing they want is any competition, uh, which would 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 be what they would get here, and and. Uh, so they gave the franchise to a company, which in my view, will never do anything with it. I mean, they've just sat on it since they got it. So now they've got an exclusive and um, maybe I may be wrong. Maybe they someday they'll do something, but 
they certainly haven't shown any signs of doing anything yet, let's say. Just the weeds grow up and the track looks worse all the time. And um, I don't know. That's I'm being so cynical today. I don't mean to be cynical. Now, that's to say that that seems to be that just seems to be the way that whole thing uh, worked out. Well, yeah, and, journalists uh, do turn cynical over age and over time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, <clears throat> but I don't want to turn cynical. I want to stay on the, on the positive side. And, uh, but uh, all those possibilities are there. That's for sure. And, and uh, what's interesting too, along those lines is that uh, look at how things changed for the Denver uh, and Silverton. Uh, I mean, my gosh, the, I mean, that, that just, once things started to pop in Durango, Colorado, the, the route up to Silverton became an obvious uh, tourist train uh, uh, attraction. And they got some couple old steam locomotives, put it on there and they, they've made, a, I don't know about a fortune. Nobody makes a fortune on tourist trains. But they've certainly stayed above water, kept that thing going. It's uh, it's a little pricey, even I think somebody was saying cost you about a hundred bucks to go from Durango to Silverton. Now uh, I could be wrong about that, but um, but yeah, I mean, think about all that about how about these possibilities, and but but back to the rails to trails we've been talking about here. Once those rails reach. Um, the wet mountains in general, they did start to make a lot of money on Palmer was always in trouble with his railroads, but that's, that one was not, he made a bunch of bucks hauling that silver ore out of there until the fabled year 1893 hit. And uh, now the U S government wasn't buying silver anymore. And so the price of silver, you know, it just went through the, the floorboard, so to speak. But um, all of that could, all of that could come into play. It certainly could, even even now. And and the railroad museum itself up there is um, in fair play. I mean, not fair play. I how did fair play come into this? Anyway, the railroad museum up there in in, in Custer County, why they have. They have a good visitorship uh, all summer long, uh, and they're they continue to acquire old old copies of things. And uh, but getting back to the galloping goose, at least the night that uh, we wrote it, why Earl Kittleman and I wrote it, why it was a cold, wet, rainy night, and uh, there was there were even a few icy patches on the rails, and the goose was not doing too well on a couple times you just could hear those wheels skidding and the engineer uh, would would throw on a lot of, he threw on a lot of sand and i, I think he was out hey, of sand hey, Boris, what stretch where did you run the ground <clears throat> what stretch of railroad well uh, uh we ran the whole thing we ran the whole whole thing all the way to antonito and um yeah it was uh really delightful trip in a way but uh and it was kind of cold kind of rainy as i say kind of freezing 
rain. Actually, it's pretty miserable, come to think of it. <laughs> but, uh, but, Actually, uh, but, I hated every minute of it. No, we didn't hate every minute. Well, I can't speak for Kittleman, but uh, at least I enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, But this, the thing is, it was not too well heated. And it's tin, as you know, tin sides uh, and uh, steep grades. And um, the, the grade out of Chama, I was surprised to hear that too. The engineer was saying, well, you know, this grade out of Chama is not, is not easy. We're, we're talking sometimes 4%, sometimes 5%. Well, I guess even a little above five for a way. Yeah, I there. took that route on um, on an old steam train from Chama on up, but it wasn't a goose. Well, say a little more about that, Phil. What? Oh, that was a long time ago. We we went down to Chama and and took the. Uh, it was an open rail car train <clears throat> where the tourists just kind of packed into the cars. I think there might have been one covered car. I don't remember, but it followed that route from. Um, uh, Chama, I think that was Chama, on up through um, the valley, and I forgot how far it went. It was maybe a four-hour train ride. Um, you were definitely full of coal cinder smoke and uh, little particle pieces by the time the run was over. But it was cool. It was, you know, it was a railroad experience. Yeah. That's the part I like. Gooses were amazing how they did those. What was the body type of the one that, that you were on or the one that you saw out there? We were just in open cars pulled by an old steam locomotive. We didn't, we weren't on a goose. I'd, I'd like to take that goose trip, but I haven't done it yet. They run it a couple times in the fall. Maybe we um, should do that. We could have an adventure. Yes. Well, we need to get some of these things happening. Uh, I, I sit on, I'm not very active in, but I do sit on a, a, the, a, the county transportation advisory board and trying to get any interest in rail is, it's so uphill. I mean, it's, people are wedded to their cars. They just are, want to get behind the wheel. And uh, if you talk about any kind of rail transportation the, the eyes just glaze over and everybody says uh-huh uh-huh now now getting back to do we want a four-way stop here or a light there i mean then the the conversation brightens up you know i it, what's wrong with us are we as a nation brainwashed into the thinking we have to drive in our cars or i don't know you're not brainwashed are you brainwashed phil yes absolutely yeah um, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really know for us. People like their cars. Um, it's so easy, you know, around town here, you got bicycles. Um, the railroads had their day in the sun. You know, that was the only way back in the day where you could really get from point A to point B, unless you wanted to take a horse or a buggy. Um, and then, you know, it was an exponential step up, but I, you know, aside from freight, I don't know how what kind of passenger service you would get, except as maybe a galloping goose or a, a kind of a tourist train um, that you could run to get to you know to, to reclaim those days of yesteryear for that experience, a history train. But as far as a passenger, I don't know. Do passenger trains? Um, you got the Canyon City train, but that's a, a scenic line. There are no answers here. That's for sure. 
No. Yeah, they're not. They're 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 interesting remnants of history that that you can look at and walk on and get a feel for what it was like back in the day. That's why I like it. <clears throat> um, the stories that run with the land, and and I think when you're at a place, um, and you're where those stories happen, where the railroad ran and where the ranchers ran their cattle, and as as folks tried to eke out a living, you just get a much better sense of it when your feet are on the ground as opposed to driving past it in a in a car and you can smell it you can feel it and you can see it and it just it for me it becomes just real um uh, a place in a time that has gone but it becomes um it reappears when you walk it and you you kind of walk it in the footsteps of those who went before and that's what i like about it that's why we have this show is to, you know, I like to close my eyes and fantasize <laughs> about what it, what it could be. And uh, no, that would be so exciting. And, and uh, look at the little museum in Westcliff. I mean, they have a very good uh, attendance. I mean, I don't know how good, but they have a lot of people coming in, in Westcliff to the railroad museum there who, just to talk about how the rails got there and what happened. And, you know, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, a popular kind of a attraction there. And um, so, I mean, those would be all the factors that would have to come into play. And, uh, but you mentioned how surprising things do happen. I think, don't you, I think everybody was surprised when the, the um, the Russian realtors who were born in Brooklyn, the Soviet family. <laughs> I know. No, they were they were born in Brooklyn. They I think maybe maybe grandpa came from Russia, but uh, anyway, but when when they bought that line out there, everybody said, What a mistake. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it's never gonna do anything. And almost immediately they found all the wheat farmers out there. And also some airplane parts people, and also some uh, wind turbine parts people, and uh, other small manufacturers that fixed up these things. All of a sudden, they said, "Oh, we want to ship on your railroad. Get those cars out here." And um, whereas, you know, Union Pacific doesn't just they just don't do that. They want to have through big, mostly coal coal trains, but. Uh, or merchandise trains, but they don't want to stop. They're, they do not want to stop and switch out a grain elevator or switch out of a, a shop that can take your wind turbine and repair the, the blades. Or, your, you know, that's, those are not the kind of, of things that they want to do. They, they want to do the simpler stuff and make good money. And, and so it's, it's understandable, but uh, nobody could believe that, that that little railroad all of a sudden was running, you know, buying their new engines, buying their new cabooses, uh, fixing up the line, uh, which after all only goes from Hayes, Kansas to almost Pueblo. I mean, it's, it's not a huge long line, but the, especially the wheat shippers out there, or wheat, millet, oats, I don't know, all kinds of grains that they ship but um all of a sudden they 
this was their line. This was, even if they had to, I don't know, run it in whatever, open trucks or something, they'd run it further to use this guy's line. So competition is still alive. And um, anyway, that I, I, I digress, but just to say that that's some, some of these things railroad related uh, can surprise us. I think everyone was pretty surprised at that outcome. And, um, you know, I wish I'd bought stock. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they sold stock, but anyway. Well, I don't know, Phil, what do you think about that? Is it, am I, am I being too optimistic here? Or? And I don't know. When you put your finger up in the wind, it's hard to tell which way it's blowing half the time. There's so many different pieces and parts that would have to fall into place, not to mention the funding. To, to build a rail trail <clears throat> like the one that we're talking about going up to Westcliff, or at least to open it up. Um, you get liability issues, you get ownership issues. Missouri did it. I mean, they built a, along the Katy trail, the old Katy trail, they, they built a trail um, and they, you know, they pulled it off. Um, and there was a lot of people that were against that trail, mainly who lived along it. Um, but it, Missouri pulled it off and now it's a, you know, you go out to the Katy trail and, uh, there's people using it all the time, biking it, hiking it, going long distance, running it. Um, it's, it's just a real attraction in, in Missouri, um, that I don't think anybody saw that coming and yet they pulled it off. So it, it is possible to do a statewide or a state, a very long rail trail and make it a big tourist attraction. I just don't, I don't know if the line that we're talking about um, is suitable for that. The, the, the first thing to do would be to find the underlying ownership, like we said, and then to walk it and see what kind of shape it's in. And then get some kind of on the ground truthing to see, is it even, is it even possible? Um, maybe that's a place where we could start and uh, talk to the railroad guy up there um, in Westcliff and Silvercliff and see if, if they know anything about the line, the ownership and um, do that, you know, do some initial, initial investigation uh, to see if it's even possible if we're going to talk about making it into a reality. Well, let's start then by my calling on behalf of this on the rails show. <laughs> Why calling the newspaper up there? Uh, the, certainly the editor of the newspaper in Westcliff, is um, reputed to be a rail fan, a rail guy, and find out what he knows, or what he, or how to find out what what some of that is. And I'm sure he's on the board or whatever uh, runs the uh, Westcliff uh, Rail Museum. That you know that'd be a good place to start for us. And the other thing we could do is go to county assessor's office, get the property ownership books, yeah. look at the railroad grade, and see. A lot of times they're marked and they, they'll show you um, who owns, who owned or did own the underlying uh, land that the railroad was on. And then you would know what kind of a headache you're looking at. <laughs> well, we'd have to go to the Fremont County courthouse, yeah. which you'd would to go be... to the courthouse and sit around and pull the books out and um, just take a look at the, at the ownership page yeah. by page. Well, my daughter lives in Canyon city. And um, I know you're a good automobile driver. And so that might all come together for us for 
We might get Rick uh, White, our engineer, to come along with us. I don't know. We haven't heard anything from the head end lately, but uh, he's up there. Smooth sailing up here for us. We're getting kind of near the end of this half. Boy, these go by awfully quick. Awfully quick. Hey, I, I wanted to thank you for having us on the on the show and putting up with us and letting us, letting us speak our minds about um, railroads and grades yeah. and trails. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. We might have a report uh, before this winter is out. <laughs> If winter might be a good time to go down to Canyon City, if it's not, you know, if it's a clear few days, and uh, just uh, call. We I suppose you have to call ahead and say what's a good time to come in, and um, yeah, yeah, they probably have a new assessor. Oh no, it wasn't the assessor. They just, yeah, unfortunately, indicted. I guess it was the county clerk got indicted down there for uh oh well, well things people will do sometimes people aren't quite honest and but uh, i'm sure we could find a way to get in there and do that when well phil what else what else do we want to say here before because we're getting the signal our wow we well we, we want to end it by saying that someday soon you may be able to take a walking or a biking trail uh from texas creek all the way up to uh, uh, Rosita, and uh, and we'll we'll name that the Phil Hedrick <laughs> Trail <laughs> for you, Phil. <laughs> yes. And uh, it, I mean, it's an exciting idea, and uh, as 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 many are. And well, do you want to, have to say any any last? What are the last words out here before we're getting the sign? We're about to expire. Uh, stay on the track, eh? All right. Hi and high ball. And thank you for listening. Thanks for everybody who um, contributed to Cahan in this fun drive that's still going on. It'll probably go on until Christmas. If you, actually, you, <laughs> you can contribute to Cahan anytime to keep, to keep this radio station on the rail. And um, all right, we're going to say hi ball. We, we were, we were kind of puny last time. I think maybe we need a little more time to breathe in and breathe out before we say highball. So breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, three, two, one, highball, 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 highball. highball.